welcome to the latest edition of the F1 Republic podcast, the podcast that covers everything Formula One. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to another TFR podcast. I'm here today with Cam to preview the Steering Grand Prix, which is the first of two races at the Red Bull Ring in Austria. This track normally delivers pretty good races, and um, so good races that we are here for two races this season due to uh, the coronavirus pandemic, and uh, they they obviously cancelled the Turkish Grand Prix, so that is why we've got the Steering Grand Prix this weekend and the Austrian Grand Prix next weekend. So Cam, are you looking forward to the 2021 Steering Grand Prix? Uh, yeah, definitely. It's probably the the one I've been looking forward to the most this season. Bahrain was good, but Austria is always just really good, and I can't remember one dual race that said something about a track that's been on the calendar for six years, seven years now. Absolutely, Cam. And uh, yeah, you're right. The track did uh, return uh, quite a while ago now, actually. It was uh, it's 2014 when it got brought back to the F1 calendar when Red Bull uh, kind of bought out the circuit because it, it was on the calendar back in the 90s and the 80s and even the 70s. Um, but it kind of, yeah, fell out of favour with F1, needed a big kind of. Uh, reboot, uh, which it kind of got uh, in in the early 2010s, and uh, and yeah, it's it's like you say, been very, it's had ve- plenty of very good races over the years, and we'll be covering some of those early races in terms of since it's returned uh, in 2014, and then we'll do the more recent kind of super good races such as 2018 and 2019. Uh, and even 2020 uh, in next week's Austria Grand Prix uh, podcast. But today, Cam, we're going to be looking back uh, at the well, the steering Grand Prix from last year because we actually had one, and then we'll obviously talk about 2014 and 2016. So, casting your mind, Cam, back to last year, it was the second race of the season after the first race to Austria, and do you remember in qualifying it was like probably the best qualifying of the year bar Turkey it was like pretty crazy wasn't it in them conditions I would say it's it it had the best build up but the actual like the the last few laps they were in my eyes they were really underwhelming because the Mm. whole session it had set up uh, this massive fight between Max and Lewis yeah, with Lu- Max, Max was getting closer to Lewis in from Q2. He was just almost on him. I think it was two tenths, but in Q1 it was so much more. So the fact that he was getting closer through the sessions, I think e- everyone had a thought that maybe Max could match him if not beat him, but it just didn't play out, and it ended up with Lewis being on pole by a massive amount, which we didn't get the the pole fight that we hoped for but nonetheless it was a great session yeah it was certainly chaotic and uh, for those who absolutely don't have a clue what we're talking about and have only just somehow tuned into F1 this season it was 
absolutely chucking it down in uh, in the 2020 steering Grand Prix qualifying. And uh, and yes, the heavens had opened, and it looks like we could have a similar, well, at least qualifying, maybe the race as well, kind of weekend uh, this time around, Cam. Have you seen the weather forecast? Do you know kind of any idea of what it's it's telling us? Obviously, it can change in plenty of time, but what what have you seen? Rain, rain, and more rain. <laughs> There's been videos across social media of just torrential thunderstorms. Yes. I think it was a hundred kilometers away from the track. So if we get that on Saturday and Sunday and even Friday, mm. I don't know. I mean, it could even completely change up the whole weekend as a whole because you could have this point where on Friday it's raining but it's not as bad. And then on Saturday you have it where it's it's like Japan in 2019 where it's just impossible to race on it. Yeah, yeah. So it's... if that happens, I've got a feeling it will spice up FP2 a lot because it will, if if the weather forecast stays the same or it even gets worse, then it could persuade a lot of the teams to just go all out and practice for it uh, too, because the way it's looking, that could potentially be the grid. Well, this is the thing. Uh, we've got no idea how it could go this weekend, and we we kind of have no idea in terms of pace as well. We don't know if it's going to be a Red Bull or if it's going to be Mercedes. We've got not a clue, to be honest. So we are going in in it blind. But what we can look at is, like I said, last year's qualifying. It was incredibly wet at the steering Grand Prix, and uh, we didn't have many surprises actually. But what I could say were surprises was maybe Carlos Sainz qualifying P3, Espan Ocon P5, and this is the thing, in these kind of wet conditions, if it is super wet, Cam, it's obviously just survival, but if it's yep. a mixed condition, that, I think we'd be quite happy with that, wouldn't we, because then that could really spice up the grid. I think that would favour a George Russell. Mm. Or, or a a Mick Schumacher or something if it goes to a point where it's still slightly wet but you can get a better lap on softs or yeah. something like that I've got a feeling a George Russell or a Schumacher Latifi they'd be a lot more inclined to just go for it and risk a spin so you could see a crazy grid if it was to be mixed absolutely well uh, speaking of uh, last year's race, we'll all we'll kind of run through it. it. wasn't the most exciting through the kind of majority of it, with Max Verstappen holding off Bottas until the end. But it was actually the end of the race where it really kicked off. And um, yeah. do you remember? Do you remember what happened, Cam, when when you had um, the whole Lando Norris moment? Perez and Albon started mm. it all off. Perez, he was on the cusp of P4. Yeah, it was a great drive from him to have that racing point anywhere near the Red Bull. I mean, we know Albon wasn't the best, but it was a good drive from Albon nonetheless as well. But we have Sergio Perez. He goes for the move on the inside. He understeers and he loses effectively any stability in the front wing that was there. It was hanging off and scraping across the ground. They didn't pit him because I think there was two laps left. Yeah, and then you have. Just Norris, uh, Stroll, and Ricardo. Ricardo 
all just cars movie-esque just coming yeah. at him scrapping <laughs> it and it comes down to the last corner Norris mm. gets through all of them and then it's three wide on the line with Norris uh, no Norris is gone Ricardo Stroll and Perez I yeah, think the... Perez held off for, for P6 something yeah it was it was an absolute like photo finish and yeah you're right Perez did just hang on and um, and yeah it was all it all kind of like well there was the Albon and Perez thing but behind it all kind of kicked off because Stroll and Ricardo were side by side into the uh, turn two or I think they actually called yeah. it turn three because apparently there's a little I think there's a little kink on that straight which somehow they deem as a corner but we'll go with turn two <laughs> and um, and yes it both Stroll and Ricardo I believe went off the track and Landon Norris just came out of absolutely nowhere picked off the the two of them and then yeah it was all about hunting down Perez and and uh, yeah he got him right at the end it was absolute scenes considering he was just it looked like he was just going to come home probably about P8 when you look at the it looked like he was just not going to make the last corner but he had to completely get off the throttle and on the brake Mm. I think he was somewhat like three times harder than anyone else so he was stupidly slow coming out let alone going in and I yeah. think if that if that start finish line was just a little bit further, he would have been eighth. Yeah, it was it was a crazy kind of end to the race. It was a shame that I wasn't out the front, but um, but yeah. yes, uh, Lewis did dominate that one, and uh, and Max Verstappen was second until a certain Valtteri Bottas uh, got him just before the end as well. So it was a, a an okay race, the Styrian Grand Prix, um, and it was mainly spiced up because of the. Uh, the wet qualifying and hopefully we have plenty of rain this weekend because we obviously want uh, these two races to be uh, very different and um, and yeah it can hopefully hopefully spice spice it up I actually thought that uh, the next race was going to have the sprint qualifying but it doesn't um, I was going to say it but, but it actually doesn't uh, these are the last races before we have the sprint qualifying introduced at the British Grand Prix so for those wondering oh why don't we try that uh, over the course of these two races nope they've not bothered and uh, these are our last two races before it all kicks off on that front right we're gonna have a look at some of the uh, older races like I said and we'll start off with 2014 now do you remember what that race is most known for Cam it's mainly the qualifying is yeah, it? the Williams front row. I think it was a front row locker. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, who was it on pole? I want to say uh, it was Massa. Bottas, it was Massa. Yeah, was it, it was Massa? Massa. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. I know Bottas, uh, Bottas was probably the quickest Williams in the race. Mm. But, yeah... With Massa on pole, you, I mean, I didn't expect it, and I, I saw the race. So, yeah, yeah that was, was a crazy qualifying. No one expected that at the time. Yeah, it was an astonishing uh, qualifying, and uh, and Lewis Hamilton didn't even manage to set a final uh, time in Q3. And there was, there was, I think he locked up on his, he had screwed up his first lap, and then he locked up on his final lap. 
and went straight on. And he started the race in ninth. You had um, Rosberg just, well, he just couldn't capitalise uh, from his teammate's mistake. And, and yeah, it was crazy. The two, Mercedes, um, Williams, sorry, uh, were on Bear in pole. mind, they weren't like they are today. They yeah. They were a lot quicker in 2014. They were, yeah, they were okay in 2014. They were probably the second, maybe third best car in that season probably Red they, Bull were, just they were up there with Red Bull yeah mm. and it was yeah the last time uh, they've been on pole and it was just an incredible performance and totally kind of out of the blue like they didn't top either Q1 or Q2 and then they arrived in Q3 and just absolutely smashed it out of the park however in the race they did screw it up a little bit um, in terms of winning they could have won the race but um it was at the start that Massa did uh, keep hold of the lead, but Rosberg got Bottas. But then uh, the two Williams, they just didn't react to the Mercedes pulling the undercut on them. And they both got passed by the, Mercedes, uh, the, the two Mercedes cars pretty damn quickly. And yeah, that was kind of history. And, and I mean, Bottas got ahead of Massa. And yeah. uh, was only. I think actually... he got ahead through that pit stop play, probably. Yeah, yeah, and he only finished eight seconds behind the race winner Rosberg, and. Uh... Yeah, Massa almost got beat by Alonso as well because Massa, as I said, I feel like Bottas was a lot more consistent in his race pace. I think all season long as well we saw that in 2014. Absolutely. But, yeah, yeah, I feel like this was sort of the time where we saw Massa's consistency in a race, just it wasn't like it used to be I mean obviously his pace was still there but I feel like maybe if you have a younger matter in there then and uh, if they had actually responded to I think it was Rosberg's pit stop at first then mm. I feel like at least one of them could have could have won that race which is crazy to say that's the thing and um, yeah it was a real missed opportunity and I, I can remember it was so frustrating because that was kind of when Williams back then that was kind of I think it was Claire Williams' first kind of season of a more kind of upper role if you like and they Thanks made really, a, yeah. yeah and they made a very conservative decision to just hang on to the third and fourth and I, I kind of get it now but they so could have won that race and it's like I mean, it would have been history you look at you look at Williams mm. and pointing on to the Claire Williams being more in charge at that point I feel like Frank would have Frank would have done everything to get that race win. That's the thing. Well, they had they had it's to do. So really. important to them. Yeah. Mm, exactly. But I, I I don't know what it is because that season, Williams they weren't bad at reactions to bit stops. They were they were actually forcing more of the undercuts. Mm. But I don't know. It's sort of like they they cracked massively under pressure and really really missed out on a possible result. Because I feel like even if they hadn't responded the lap after. They definitely should have pit Massa because you, as a team that is in position to to win a race that shouldn't normally win a race, you've you've, you've got to do everything you can to keep hold of it. Yeah, absolutely, and um, it, that was a shame for them. But we will actually just quickly touch on the 2015 race. I'll I'll probably just describe it um, for the sake of it. It was a pretty dull one, but um, it's more just a to piece it together before you really get onto the the kind of <laughs> dramatic to say the least 2016 Austrian Grand Prix 
But um, the 2015 one was a pretty simple back to normal for Mercedes. There, it was Hamilton on pole with Rosberg second, and in the race, Rosberg actually jumped Hamilton at the start to take the lead. Um, Alonso and Raikkonen had a big crash. Raikkonen uh, spun his rear tyres coming out of turn two and absolutely speared into Alonso. Quite a scary crash, to be honest, because uh, Raikkonen's car literally. I remember that? That was like over. one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a huge Didn't... collision. Well... Yeah, because obviously that was. Um... See, I remember that now because it was the season that obviously Alonso went to McLaren. Mm, yeah. And it was sort of a. You wouldn't expect Raikkonen to be down there, and the fact that he was down there and that he had crashed into him, that just summarised Raikkonen's weekend up, really. Yeah, it was a bit of a disaster. And uh, for the oh, rest of was that when. Um... I believe Raikkonen's car, when they actually stopped, Raikkonen's car was on top of it on the other Yeah, yes, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was just, it was a complete mess. Um, and yeah. you don't you don't see cars off at that point very much as well. But uh, it was all the kind of chaos of lap one. And, um, and yeah, and then in the race, it was a kind of cat and mouse between uh, Hamilton and Rosberg, uh, with Hamilton applying the pressure. But... Rosberg kind of extended the lead out when Hamilton picked up a five second uh, time penalty for crossing the white line coming out of the pits and um, and yeah I do I, I can vaguely remember that now because it was a kind of one of those races where Hamilton was pretty damn furious with the FIA um, but it, yes he crossed the white line coming out of the pits and Rosberg cruised to the victory um, and that was that for that race and you're thinking Christ almighty Rosberg is pretty damn good when it comes to Austria obviously he's not around in F1 anymore but back in them days he was the king of the Red Bull ring but we arrive in the in for the 2016 Austrian Grand Prix and now this one was pretty damn mental and to set the scene um, and then I'll let you I'll, I'll release you, <laughs> Cam, to yeah. talk about the race. But um, in qualifying, it was uh, pretty damn dramatic. There was a lot of kind of chaos, really, um, around the kind of pack. But there was it was all sorts of penalties given out and stuff like that, with Rosberg and Vettel receiving uh, five-place grid penalties uh, for gearbox changes for whatever reason. And so it kind of opened the door for a really mixed-up grid, uh, because you had Hulkenberg starting in second alongside Hamilton and um, and then Jensen Button in P3 and uh, god it was a serious throwback there uh, with Hulkenberg on the front row I believe that's apart from his pole position in Brazil is literally his best ever uh, starting position uh, well it would be his second best then but, um, but we get to the race then and well I guess we can only really fast forward to towards the end, can we, Cam? Because there wasn't much that happened yeah. in between. I wanna um I wanna start with sort of the catalyst to all of this. Mm. It's um I believe it was the reason that Rosberg got ahead of Hamilton in the first place. And it was the the tire failure for Vettel. Yes. It, it had an we didn't one, actually they? Yeah, we didn't see it on board, but it sort of it panned onto him, and all you see is Vettel 
sideways in sort of quite literally the middle of the road. Mm. And that was that was really dangerous. But quite simply, all it was was Ferrari just extending the scent way too long past the Pirelli uh, recommendations, and the tyre just blew. Yeah. It was yeah. sort of just an instant failure uh, towards the end of the straight. He's lucky it wasn't as he was braking because he just went straight into the barrier. But yeah. that brought out the safety car. Yes. I don't know if there was a red flag. No, there was no red flag, and it no. kind of it it, it basically um, just allowed Rosberg to take the lead uh, or track position because of the timing of it and um, and yeah and then he just pulled a gap over Hamilton for a bit until the final stint uh, when you had Hamilton on a set of super softs I believe and Rosberg yeah. on the softs and then we arrive on the final lap of the race when it really kicked off you had Hamilton closing and closing and closing on Rosberg and then into turn two what happened to Cam? Uh, Rosberg just careful. He, he refused. He refused to like. I, I no, I I prefer Rosberg over Hamilton, but <laughs> he he refused to concede the place. Really, he he outbraked himself. Lewis took the outside line perfectly fine. Was had every right to be where he was. Rosberg. Gave him no room whatsoever. He tried to push him off track, but inevitably, although Lewis did go off track, it completely ruined Rosberg's wing. Um, yeah, it just it it gave Lewis the win that I I personally think he would have had anyway, because the overtake was definitely on, and Rosberg, because of how badly his wing was damaged. Verstappen managed to get past him for second and Raikkonen for third. Those two were really close, three times on the line. Mm. And Rothberg came home with, with, even without a podium after looking like he could have won the race. It was massive controversy. Not, I wouldn't say it was as much controversy as uh, Spain, but it was, it was a huge turning point in terms of mentally for both Lewis and Rothberg. Because... It was very clear that it wasn't an accident, mm. and Rosberg just did not want Lewis past him. This is when it all kicked off, big time, yeah. between the two teammates in that season. Spain, it was obviously, you know, it, after what happened at 2014 Spa, and the, couple, and the American Grand Prix in 2015, and then Spain happened in 2016, but you thought that was it. These two are never going to clash again. But, oh no, they clashed all, all right. I mean, jeez. This was the most kind of... I have to say, like I like I say, I, back then I will openly say I was a Rosberg supporter. And I was, you know, on the Rosberg side in all the arguments I remember after that race. But I have to say, looking back at it now, Rosberg definitely did not try and turn in for that corner. No. Uh, he did not turn uh, at all at turn two and yeah you could see the amount of space on the inside 
uh, that there is. I can see why he did it from a racing aspect. It's not obviously a clean move, but you do everything. It's the last lap of the race. You'll do anything to hang on. Um, but there's a line that you 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 have to limit yourself to not only for your own sake but for the other driver's sake because I feel honestly you look at that season as a whole now yes Hamilton got unlucky in Malaysia we don't really need to talk about that <laughs> but if you think about it if Rosberg had just I wouldn't say let him through but not fought that hard I think even if Lewis did get past him and Rosberg couldn't hold him off on the next straight mm. you look at it and he's lost he's lost six points now you look at the, the the final standings he still won the title but it could have been so much more comfortable and that one moment of madness where he fought all or nothing that could have cost him the title if Lewis didn't have that Malaysia blow up yeah well the thing is um this was still in the first half of the season, so it was, I mean, it yeah. was pretty close to the midway point, but it was still, you know, everything to play for, and it was kind of gloves off, it was fantastic to watch, I think that was the best time for the whole Hamilton-Rosberg rivalry, because it, genuinely, there was no title, kind of, there was, it was obviously like, the key front of it, but it wasn't like, late in the season, where it's like, everyone has to be super cautious, because you don't want to throw away points, these guys didn't give a toss <laughs> and they were going out and out at it and um, and yeah I think when you look back on it now what I do find and we'll obviously touch on this when we do the uh, the Austrian Grand Prix preview next week but what I find though there's not that many difference uh, not much difference should I say uh, between this and the 2019 Verstappen Leclerc incident, in my opinion, yeah. and I feel a lot of people gave Verstappen a free pass on that one, and were very hard on Rosberg on this one, and I feel I they're think, actually not massively well, different. But we'll bring that up next week. But yeah, I yeah. can. <laughs> I I can say that that will be something I disagree with you oh god that's it so I'm looking forward to that one yeah but uh, but yes it was a bit of a mare from uh, the FIA at this race or the stewards should I say because Sergio Perez has had a massive uh, shunt into the into the wall uh, or into the tyre barrier at the very next corner uh, on this last lap and it was all kicking off and there was no VSC or safety car or anything going on and um, and the the reason why I say that is because you obviously had Rosberg limping around with no front wing and Verstappen yeah. and Raikkonen came hurtling around and breezed past him whilst you got a car in the wall you got front wing all over the place it was a real in my, I, it annoys me a bit because it's like things like that is what the VSC was for but it was a real yeah. mess uh, on that day because, yeah, it was just carnage everywhere. And the stewards were just, like, sitting back, just let it all happen. But, um, so, are, are we saying categorically it was Rosberg's fault? It's definitely nothing to do with Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. Mm. I, don't, I don't think Lewis did anything wrong. Yeah, I, I would the agree only, with the that. Only, but... The only thing Lewis could have done differently is... Even not go for the move, which he has every right to go for the move. 
mm. or completely pelt it round the outside, and you can't. You wouldn't have got away with that stuff. Well, that's the only other thing. Is Lewis does turn in on Rosberg. I know, like he's got to turn for the corner, but he does turn in. That's the thing. Like, you know, but Rosberg makes no effort to turn in himself. So, mm. but by being, you know, I'm just being devil's advocate. But like, you know, because he doesn't turn in. Uh, so because Hamilton turns in, that's the only reason why there is contact anyway. So you know, equally Hamilton was not even thinking about any damage for either of them. You know, maybe not to the same extreme, but it, you know, he still turned in on his teammate. But yeah, but you know, wouldn't have had to do that if Rosberg didn't do what he did. So it's, it's, I true. think I feel like if if you look at it from a a sort of sporting conduct and sort of just respect, he caused the catalyst for what Lewis did. So you know, I'd, yeah. I would I would play Rosberg. Yeah, I think uh, we can agree on that, and uh, and yes, it was the, a real kind of dramatic moment in the season, and um, and yeah, the gloves were very much even further off if they weren't already. The gloves were pretty much in the bin at this point, and um, and yes, I remember on the podium, and I have got it actually here to to kind of factually kind of prove it, um, that uh, Hamilton on the podium. Because uh, obviously Rosberg wasn't on the podium, was booed by the locals, which I was very surprised to read, um, because obviously it's in Austria. I mean, I know that's a neighbouring country to Germany, but I wouldn't think it was German fans booing him. But yeah, I found that quite. I just think they were fed up of Lewis winning, in all fairness. Maybe yeah. Yes, okay. Obviously, hadn't won an Austrian GP at that point, but. It's the same thing with Vettel in 2013. Like, he got booed like mental until mm. the Indian GP, where it just. I don't know why, but he got so much respect. But I. So the, you're always going to get booed if you win a lot. I'll say that. Yeah. And. Yeah. I don't know. People like to pick villains, people like to pick heroes, and Rosberg was their hero, Lewis was their villain, so. Mm. stuff happens like that absolutely um, right that is enough of looking back to the past so we will now look to this weekend and, um, and yeah we've already said about the weather and uh, what it, what we've had before in terms of kind of the steering Grand Prix uh, but we will now get into a bit of predictions um, we, it's, it's nice to do a bit of looking back because we couldn't really do that for the French Grand Prix because um, there's not been many good races. So well. Yeah, exactly. It's a, a really, I find it, Austria is a real underrated circuit, and um, and yeah, I think yeah, we should have a good race this weekend. Just before I actually get into the predictions, I've got a, two little bits of uh, yeah. talking points or rumours. Uh, Perez is very close to a new Red Bull contract, uh, according to uh, F1. Um, and it could be signed as soon as in the next couple of weeks, so we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, we know it's how been, many years that's speculated. Uh, well, I would imagine that'll be another one year, maybe two. I would say it'll be one though for the for moment. For Red Bull, I feel like it would be a lot better if they secured him for two years. 
mm. but it gives Max the leverage over but it gives Red Bull the leverage for Max over the uncertainty on teammates at Mercedes if they because Max looks like he's really enjoying having Sergio as his teammate if they can secure Sergio for two years into 2023 then I feel like that's persuades Max more to stick with them yeah. so I mean personally I'd love for Checo to stay there for two years I'm yeah. sure there's a, I, don't, I don't think there's anyone that doesn't like Checo <laughs> let's be real like, yeah, he's, if you don't he's like def- Checo who do you like yeah, he's definitely doing a job uh, for Red Bull this season. Um, yeah. A little bit of, uh, well, one of these more. If if you're into this stuff, you'll you'll find this kind of bit of news interesting. Before I say the next rumor, but uh, Alfa Romeo are celebrating their 100th and 11th anniversary uh, this weekend, and they have special livery. It's not too uh, drast- drastically different from their current one. But it is obviously just something nice for this weekend. And yes, the last bit of news, which has got, uh, if you've been looking at the TFR tweets, we have been saying a little bit about this. And the rumour is, and Hamilton said about it this kind of press conference today, uh, we're recording this on Thursday, um, he touched on this a little bit, that Valtteri Bottas is going to be demanded by Lewis Hamilton to be his teammate for the 2022 season if Hamilton signs a new contract and he touched on this he didn't straight up say it in the press conference today but Lewis has confirmed they have started talking about renewing his contract with Mercedes that is official uh, from his mouth and uh, he did hint at saying that he wants Bottas to be his teammate for next season because he feels he's been very good since they've been teammates and why change it? That is a fair enough point. Um, But that is apparently going to be a demand from him and George Russell responded with not a lot really. He said it'll just play out how it will and he's he's avoided the question whether he will get that Mercedes seat next season and has said that the new Williams management are not messing around and they want to win. To quote Russell, so Cam, what is your reaction to that? Do you think Bottas now looks more likely to be in the Mercedes, hearing those kind of things, or do you think it's all still open? Well, I think this depends on how hungry Mercedes are or aren't still to win. Mm. Now, Red Bull made a huge step getting Checo in. Yeah, that took guts to bring someone that you you don't know whether they're going to be any good because you've never had someone outside your family come in. Yeah. So bringing Checo in that was a risk. See, I don't think that Bottas can keep it up for much longer. Personally, I don't think he would want to sign a new contract if Lewis is staying. Mm-hmm. And I think the fresh blood of George would just it would give Red Bull a lot to worry about and I think having George if they can stop this whole they don't obviously say this but if they can stop this whole we really want Lewis to win everything possible then they need to bring George in because what do you want? Do you want Lewis to go out as the best driver all the time? Or do you want yourself to go out as the undisputed constructor all the time? 
And at yeah. the moment, I don't think they are that. Yes, they've won so many titles that it's beyond a joke. But bringing George in, and then if that's, they win that title, say if they lose this title, and they keep Bottas, mm. then that is just accepting failure. If they bring George in and they lose this title, then that is just openly showing that they are willing to change to keep winning. And that shows that that's what the best constructors do. They change to win. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, with those two drivers. And uh, I'm sure we're going to find out even more as the weeks uh, go by. Right, prediction time. And then we'll wrap up. Pole position then, Cam. I'll dive straight in there. Who's going to be on pole for the steering Grand Prix? Uh, I'm a stick with Old Faithful in the wet Lewis Hamilton. Ooh, so we're gonna go we're gonna go that way then. We're we're saying it's gonna be wet. Um, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for Max Verstappen. I I I got the point from that last week. I'm gonna hope he delivers the goods for me again this week. <laughs> um, what about race rating? Uh, so it's either two out of ten, six out of ten, six. eight out of ten, or ten out of ten. So you're going for six. I'll go with six. Yeah. Interesting. Any particular reason? Going, I'm I'm gonna go out of the trend. But any particular reason? Um, well, I feel like it's just gonna be Lewis and Max. Now, if people vote on if the battle for the wins good or not, like they did in France, then that's fair enough. Mm. It'll probably be higher, but if they, re- I, I don't see there being a mega battle for the midfield. I think it will just be if you're good in the wet, you're good in the wet. If yeah. it's dry now, my predictions are going to be completely off. But yeah, I feel like a six is just what it's going to be in my eyes. Obviously, people might just go. There's a battle for the lead with Lewis and Max. Give it an eight. Give it a ten. Mm. But personally, I think it will be a six. It will be a good race, but I don't think it could be a great race. Well, I'm afraid, Cam, I'm going to go the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm going a 10 out of 10 race. I think it's going to be an absolute belter. And um, France surprised me. And somehow it it was voted by the fans that it was going to be a 10... That it was a 10 out of 10 race. Somehow. I didn't didn't quite think it was that good, but... um, I mean, I said last week, I don't don't think that was right. Yeah. yeah, If that's the way they're voting, then... (laughs) I'm going I mean, I for... did say if they vote for the lead, then I'll, I'm wrong. But yeah, I've well, got to go with my gut and what I think. So, well, yeah. when I say the podium predictions, that'll back up why <laughs> I'm going for ten out of ten. I'm going all out this week. Um, but next up, we've got a bit of a different question. Well, the next two uh, question prediction question things uh, are a little bit more different. Uh, this one is uh, who will finish higher, Aston Martin or Alpine? So this is as in position. So if Vettel finished fifth ahead of the two Alpines, that that is the the higher team. So what one are you going to go for, Cam? I'm going with Aston Martin, but mm. um, I've got a feeling that Stroll will show his class. Vettel might struggle because it's the wet, and I'm banking on Alonso struggling a lot. <laughs> um, but we know Stroll; he's really good in the wet. I can't. He's okay, like we saw last last year. But yeah. I've got. I've, I've just got a bank on 
historical facts that Stroll is just good in the wet. So I've got a feeling Stroll will show that he, he'll just repeat his form in the wet and beat both the Alpines. Whether Seb beats Alonso, that's a different story. But if we're going by who finishes higher, I reckon Alp uh, Alonso. No, what? Aston Martin. Aston Martin. <laughs> Stroll. No, that's a very good argument, to be fair, uh, for why. Uh, you think that will be and um, it almost tempted me to say Aston Martin I, I will not lie but I'm going to go for Alpine I think Alonso uh, in the wet it will release the um, you know the, the real kind of driver that he is uh, yeah that's true um, but I think he will uh, I mean Chris will be delighted to hear me saying this but <laughs> I do think Alpine could do quite well if it's uh, wet because Ocon did qualify p5 last year when it was wet so who knows um i'm gonna go different though uh i'm gonna say alpine just to spice it up um who will score more points mclaren or ferrari now i'll go first on this one so then you can react to me and make a bit more fair and uh, i am gonna say that Ferrari will score more points because I'm banking on it being a wet race. I I think that Ferrari could be very, very quick if it is wet because the issue for them is straight line speed. You have a wet race or wet qualifying, you're removing that deficit and, uh, and they have a very good car at slow speed and there is a couple of slow, you know, hairpins at this kind of circuit. So... I'm going to say Ferrari could do very well and beat McLaren on points. What do you reckon, Cam? I want to agree with you. <laughs> Is that allowed? Yeah, of course, yeah, you can agree right, with you. I'll on. agree with you, but for a different <laughs> reason. You see, now, Daniel Ricciardo, mm. I... Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yes, he made a really good step, but... Let, the reason I'm saying Ricardo no is yeah. because I'm looking back at Imola. Now I look back at Imola for Alonso as well, and he was horrific. But with Ferrari, they you would not expect Ferrari to be so high up with both cars mm. at Imola with that massive straight. You just wouldn't. Now Norris drove amazingly to get the podium there, but I do not think that Ricardo can match Norris in the wet I just don't think it's going to happen so I've got to agree with you on Leclerc and Sainz scoring the most points well at least we, we've agreed on something um, and and yeah I think this is the thing, Ferrari could really bounce back if it's wet if it's not wet I'm going Mc, I would say McLaren because I think Lando yeah. Norris has actually got quite a good record uh, Austria. But I think we have to bank on it being wet with the uh, forecast. With the forecast, yeah. They're, it's not often you see them say it's going to be wet on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So surely yeah. it will be um, at least some point during the weekend. Uh, gap in qualifying. Right, I'll go first on this one. Um, and I'm going to say it's going to be three tenths of a second uh, because I think if it is wet, the gap's are going to be bigger we were talking about this actually off air and and yeah i think it could be quite a big gap uh, from max to somebody how big do you think the gap will be from hamilton to whoever is second 
webcam. I'm gonna say two and a half then, just to sort of... Oof. I don't think it'll be that big, but if I go two and a half and you're going three, then I, I win. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You've got to be tactical like it, with that one. You've know? got to be tactical. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll stick with that. Yeah, and uh, finally, we've got the podium prediction. So we'll go one at a time, uh, and we'll okay. say who's going to win the race, then second and third. Uh, so Cam, I'll go back to you on this one. Who is going to win the 2021 Styrian Grand Prix? Max Verstappen. Oof. So Hamilton for pole, but Max Verstappen. Yeah, I reckon win. he'll. Um, I reckon he'll get him on the line. <laughs> Didn't you tell me off air you're not going to go for anything crazy? Like, <laughs> no, I don't think that's crazy. I know that's not like counting for a point, but on the line, that's like. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, but I reckon if, if he's going to get him, it'll be on the line, and then it will take something just ridiculous to to overtake Lewis in the world. So I'm banking on him getting him on the line. Okay. Um, I am going to say Max as well to win. I think he, he'll oh, make it. Oh no, just to, just to say on the line yeah. as in I mean starting. Oh, you mean at the start? I was about to say that was I, like sorry, say I don't at the time last when line. I realised no, like... no, you won't you won't get him on the line. No, no. Dear me, I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> we've I never that seen that like in the modern era. That's nah. for sure. But well, nah, you'll get him on the line. I'll watch. Yeah, at the start, I I get what you mean. Um, yeah. Yeah, I say Max is going to win as well. I think, yeah, it'd be four wins on the trot for Red Bull Honda. And, um, and yeah, I think they're just absolutely flying at the minute. And they're so high on confidence. And they've kind of just totally aced Mercedes, in my opinion. And they're going to continue to do that this weekend. Who are you going to go for second, Cam? Lewis. Well, that makes sense after what we've said. <laughs> yep, that makes sense. Um, I'm gonna go for Charles Leclerc in second. Actually, right. I, I said boy. I was gonna go all out, but some boy. <laughs> and um, yeah, it kind of it kind of ties in with my theory that I think Ferrari are gonna be very quick in Austria, and you know, ten out of ten race. I need some kind of dramatic podium. But who's going to be your third place driver? Let's have you first. You say your All third right, place yeah. first. All right, yeah. All right, yeah. That's fine. I'm going to say... Uh, what am I going to say? I am going to say... God, this is tough. This is difficult. I know I'm... mine. I'm just waiting for you. I'm going to say Esteban Ocon. <laughs> yeah. I think he's quite good in the wet. And yeah, people aren't really sleeping. <laughs> They're sleeping on him. Just watch. You're expecting Lewis to crash then, I'm assuming. Uh, not crash. Uh, I think they'll just have a poor race. I don't think that Mercedes... Um, oh, I think it doesn't do that well at Austria. I know it did last year. But you look at all those other years. It doesn't really win by a lot. And it doesn't really, you know... Yeah, but that's because of the overheating. You've got to remember that. And if it's very wet, true. Gonna very true. But um, I've said it'll be a ten out of ten race, and I can't see how it can get ten out of ten. I mean, that would well. that would obviously uh, be a ten out of ten. But... So um, I'm gonna go with Sergio Perez. Interesting. Because um, I don't think it'll be crazy the result. Yeah. I know I said Ricardo last week, but no. Yeah, this almost taught you a lesson but, yeah. because of last but week. I, <laughs> I mean, Bottas in the wet. I I don't see him. No. Mm. I feel like Checo, 
he won't be anywhere. I don't think he'll be anywhere near Max and Lewis. But I reckon he'll 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 just do what Checo does and just bring it home in P3. Yeah. With Bartas, I reckon Bartas just he'll be down quite fast. Six, seven, five. Yeah, yeah. No. And obviously, that's... I do I do think that Leclerc signs maybe might probably get ahead of Bartas. Mm. Well, I definitely think you could pick up a good few points there, Cam, and um, and it yeah it wouldn't surprise me if that is the podium. But obviously, I've got to back up what I've said for the race rating. Because yeah. uh, if I, I said mean, I that, podium, last league and I got one right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we did finish level on points last week, so yeah, who knows? Uh, will we will we finish level again? I will be surprised if that is the case. It'll be either I mean, one either, way or the other. Either you're gonna get so many points, or I'm yeah. gonna flash you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And on that note, we'll wrap it up at that. Um, thank you very much for listening. Make sure you give us a like on YouTube and make sure you're subscribed. There's a few of you that aren't subscribed, so keep helping us grow and keep that number going up. And, uh, and yeah, make sure you share it around with as many people as possible and, um, and follow us on any of the audio platforms. We'll see you for the Steering Grand Prix race review uh, next week. And, uh, and yeah, thank you very much. Cheers. <laughs>